Students often will skip over making a plan to study for math, and it makes sense. Math is one of the only subjects where you sort of have a sense if you understand it or not. But even when learners do understand it, responsible students always make a plan for studying. And when you don't understand it, you need a plan for that too. Smarties, don't forget how much we love getting to work with you in our practices in CAP Educational Therapy Group and My Ed Therapist. You can always sign up for a phone call with either of our practices through our websites. That's capedtherapy.com and myedtherapist.com. The link is, of course, in the show notes. And today, I'm really excited because we're going to talk all about how to study from math from the math guru. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 126 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. And this episode's been a long time coming. It has. Because students really struggle with understanding why they need to study for math. Yeah. And then really struggle with, okay, now that I understand why, how do I do it? Totally. Math is one of my absolute favorite things to get to work on with clients. I have one client right now that we are mainly focusing on math. And lately she's been texting me asking for an extra session. And I'm like, ooh, another (laughs) opportunity to use math. Because also, Steph, you forced me to force me. You told me to get the document, what what do you call it? The document camera. The document camera, which has been really great, but it also like sort of confuses me on how far back I need to have it from the table. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So I'm constantly rearranging. And also I'm right-handed. So I'm curious what you're doing with that too. So I have my trackpad on the right side. I do too. I'm left-handed, you guys. Right. When you're young, you had to learn how to use the mouse on your right. That makes it easier than that you're left-handed because then you can put the docucam on the left side. Yeah, but I think I've been putting it on the right. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't have a good answer, but (laughs) I had a client get a document camera so I can see her work. Smart. And she's so excited to show me. And sometimes it's really funny because she will put her nose in the picture or something. Yeah, yeah. But she's super excited to show me what she's doing. I don't think my client would be psyched to show me because teaching math virtually has been really interesting because normally I can give sort of direct feedback to important things like placement on the page and how spaced out things are. And if you're interested in sort of hearing my math tips on that type of stuff, we'll link the previous math episodes in the show notes. But with her, I realized at the end of our session... Because I introduce the concept, she watches, she writes it down, and then she re-explains everything to me. Mm -hmm. That out loud component is really, really important when it comes to math because students will say they understand because they do while you're doing it, but then they can't recreate it independently. So it's really important that you give them time to show you Mm -hmm. and explain to you why they understand it and how they understand it. And I didn't ask to see her page because she's super neat there hasn't been a lot of that sort of cardinal rules of math, whatever that I've needed to do with her. Mm-hmm. And she showed me her page stuff and she had three columns. Now it was all very neat, but it looked smushed yeah. on the page as I call it. Oh, too much. And I was like, whoa. And she's like, Rachel, you don't understand. None of these kids have a scanner on their phones. They all scan using their notes app 
which only allow them to do one at a time. Are you seeing this too, Steph? All my clients are using the notes app to create a PDF of their assignments. And so because you can only do one at a time, Mm -hmm. she was trying to get everything onto one page so she didn't have to create two separate PDFs. Uh... It's a pain in the tush. And I was like, I understand, but either pay for a scanner because you are not going to be able to recreate your thinking when there is that much thinking on the page. And a story. Yeah. And so she and I have a great before and she's like, Rachel. And I'm like, I'm not making you rewrite it. I'm telling you from here on out. Yeah. But I'm going to be seeing her later today and you can best bet I'm going to be asking to see it. Yeah. So (laughs) let's kind of dig into more of the how and the why. We're going to go for the why first of why studying for a math test is actually hard or seems extra to a lot of our clients. So the first reason is math is very straightforward. You either know it and you get the answer correct or you don't and you get the answer wrong. The challenge with our learners is that they will get the answer wrong, but they won't take the time to go back and figure out why they got it wrong. Yeah. And I understand it's a lot. Me too. Math, you have to be so self-directed and motivated because you can sort of get by Let's be honest, we know our kids are doing math homework together or sending each other pictures and copying things down and not really integrating with the information, not saying we approve of this. I'm just saying it's a reality of what kids are doing to sort of get by. And so you can sort of stay absent and disconnected from the material for quite a long time. Yeah. And then the second real reason is that practicing problems Mm -hmm. seems redundant. It's really difficult to get a student to understand, well, I've already done this problem and I understand this one, why they need to do that problem again or take the extra effort and the extra work to find a similar problem to practice again. It goes back to rehearsing when the teachers put flashcards or those mad minute math problems. Oh, I hated those. We talk I know, about me those too. all the time. Yeah. That's the feeling that comes up when you have to do it over and over and over again. But at the same time, you do have to do a lot of these things over and over again because they are slightly different and that changes things. Yeah. Especially when you have kids that are making little mistakes because in any math problem, as they get older, there's multiple steps. So sometimes instead of just answering the question and like doing the problem, I'll just have them walk me through what they would do. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes breaks up the monotony of having to do it over and over again. But I understand. I know it's hard. And even from session to session with one of my math kids, I went over improper fractions Mm -hmm. for a good month. Oh, yeah. If you've listened to our episodes with Dr. Rishi Sriram, he talks about how important memory is and actually forgetting is in the whole learning process, which is why you have to keep reintroducing the same ideas over the long term. But students struggle with that because they think that after one time, they should have it kind of locked in and locked down. And the truth is, is that math just presents differently than other subjects, when in reality, they are rehearsing skills over and over and over again in other subjects. Mm -hmm. And at therapy, we rehearse the same things every session. Every session, we're doing similar things to kind of move our clients towards their goals. But with math, because it's numbers, it's concrete, you get it right, it gives you a sense of false 
confirmation that you understand it. Agreed. So how to study. We talk about how to study in episode three and four, which we'll link. And this is very important for all types of studying. So Rich, go in and explain your red light, green light. Yeah. So red light, green light is something that you and I have been doing for years. Oh, yeah. Not sure who came up with it. I think it was you. But all my students understand it. So quick recap for it. Definitely go back to that how to study episode. We go into a lot more details about it. But red light, green light is just sort of a quick at a glance of the material. And do I understand it? And how much do I understand it? So if you look at a problem and you have no sense of how to understand it, it's a red light. If you think you could sort of figure it out, but it would take you a little bit of time, that's yellow. And if you're totally good, it's green. So that's just sort of the background knowledge that you need to understand how to self-assess. Steph and I always talk about that there's really three components to studying. Mm -hmm. It's that sort of self-assessment where you do the red light, green light. Then it's the plan that you put in place as a result of the self-assessment. Then the last step of studying is looking back at what actually happened on the test and figuring out what went wrong and where you could improve. So it's actually the last step of studying should occur after the test. That's also the moment that you want to self-advocate or ask the teacher if you can have an opportunity to redo something or say, hey, I think I should have gotten more points for this assignment because I got three quarters of the way there, but not four out of four. Yeah. Or even I still didn't understand it because math builds. And just because you move on from that chapter, it's really important that the students understand that that's going to circle back again. It doesn't, you know, test and forget. A hundred percent agree. And students really want to just, okay, so we've had the test and sort of let it go. And that's where working with someone like us can become really meaningful because we can say, yes, you can let this go because there are random things that you don't need. No, it's true. After that section. And then there are some things where we have to be really specific. This is never going away, but they emotionally want to move on from it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes on math tests, it is not a direct reflection of the homework or even the quizzes that you had. Sometimes teachers are looking for deeper level understanding and meaning and offer up questions that are frankly, they've never seen before. I actually don't think this is fair. Mm -mm. And I understand why math teachers do it because from their perspective, if you understand the concept, you should be able to apply it in a wide variety of circumstances. However, Most students who struggle with math are not intuitive in that way and much more concrete and much more black and white when it comes to the math. And I think we really should be assessing on the type of problems that we're asking them to do in homework and quizzes. So that's just kind of my two cents. If you want to offer bonus questions that are a tweak, an iteration on these concepts, go for it. But I just am hearkening back to when I was a student and how frustrated I would get that there would be problems that... I couldn't figure out how to make the connection Yeah, during the test. It's really frustrating to understand best after the test has been graded. Right. And I want to add that, you know, the other day I was doing an assignment with a client and I was actually in his math class and I was mm. taking the notes for him. And then we went through a couple of problems and then we got to the homework. And the homework, the first problem was nothing like we did in all the examples. And it was so much harder. Yeah. And I just looked at him, and math is really a struggle for him. So I needed to tweak it. 
And that's just what we ended up doing because it jumped significantly. Yeah. And the teacher's following how the book is laid out. Yeah. But it jumps significantly in the homework. And I don't blame them. It's so hard. Yeah. Anyway. (sighs) This is the common story. And so when students are exhibiting difficulty in math, they need a friend who really deeply, profoundly understands the material and is willing to explain it to them and, or they need to set up more teacher meetings or work with someone like you or I Mm -hmm. who can help them sort of build out strategies to independently understand the material because sometimes teachers aren't the best communicators. Yeah. The thing that's been coming up really consistently for me, Steph, I'm curious if it's for you, is I have a lot of clients on my caseload right now who are talking about teacher accents, that their math teachers in particular have heavy accents, and it's making it more difficult than in the classroom environment. Do you have any clients who are sharing that? No, but I understand that as a student because... My chemistry teacher in high school had a very, very thick accent, and I could never understand what he was saying. These are teachers who are long-term educators in these schools, and the accent issue seems to be more pronounced on Zoom than maybe it is in the classroom. Yeah, and I can understand that. You don't have the cues. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back into it. The first step is you really need to gather up materials, including homework, quizzes, and tests, but let me kind of dig into this a little bit. In the homework, in episode 116, we talked about why you shouldn't correct your learner's homework. I feel particularly strong about this in math. And I understand why teachers are grading homework. And there are some teachers that are awesome that are grading math homework. And the type of effort that that requires is unbelievable to do that for their online students. But in math in particular, you need to let the teacher see where the circles are happening. And so this is a really important component for self-analysis for that red light, green light that we were talking about to figure out which problems were hard when they were doing the homework and are they easier now? That's why it's important to kind of gather up homework. And it's why it's one of the only classes that I sort of advocate having its own notebook separate of the binder, Mm -hmm. because I want students to really have an easy way of going back and looking at what has previously happened in the material for the test or quiz. Now, if it's a big test, there's likely to be some quizzes along the way, and all quizzes should be kept for this red light, green light as well. What questions did you get wrong? What questions did you get right? You do still have to check to make sure that you would still get those questions right. So we talk about in the How to Study episode that it's not about ignoring the things that you mark as green as you totally know. It's not that we're ever advocating that you don't review information that you feel confident in. It's really about highlighting the information that you don't feel confident in, but you should always be studying the things that you mark as greens. And we dig into that and talk at length about how that whole process works in that how to study episode. Mm -hmm. And it is an early episode of the podcast. So as always, we ask for your kindness and grace (laughs) with that. And then particularly if it is a cumulative test, meaning there's been a lot of homework, there have been some quizzes, and maybe there have even been some tests, you want to be looking at all the information where you've been assessed on the material you're about to be assessed on again. Again, if there is a study guide, you can red light, green light from the study guide. 
sometimes it's as simple as teachers saying, okay, it's going to be sections 2.3 through 2.7. I actually love when teachers do that because it's really kind of easy to go back and self-assess and red light, green light, those sections. And then you have a ton of material to kind of source problems from within the homework and the quizzes. There was a lot of websites that I sourced material from as well. Yeah. And their books. A lot of teachers don't necessarily assign the mid-chapter checkpoint. Exactly. Or the end of chapter review or test or whatever. Or sometimes there's like enrichment problems in the textbook that you can use. Yes. And I always, always, always have them do that because you need to see where you're at. Mm-hmm. If it's also something they need to go back and look on how to do it, mm-hmm. is it coming naturally and they know exactly what to do or are there steps that they've forgotten about? And if there isn't or the teacher has used stuff in their book, mm-hmm. there's plenty of stuff online on those oh, yeah. exact same things that you can source and use. And I think it's really a great way to take stock. 100%. The one thing that I wanted to sort of add to this episode, and I don't think we've really talked about it at length, that to be honest, it could be it's its own episode, is looking for trends. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions does the teacher like to ask? And by the way, this goes across the board. This goes across all subjects. Yep. Predicting what the teacher is going to ask is a really important skill. And let me be clear. Teachers are telling you what they think is important. They make it very clear what they think is important. And if they are making it clear during class what is important, that is what is going to show up on the test. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, this goes back to really understanding and paying attention to what your teacher is saying and having some metacognition, thinking about what it is, and I know we both do this now, but mm-hmm. having kids make their own quizzes or tests yep, and having them take on the hat of being a teacher, that is a really, really great way to have them learn how to learn and learn how to get ready for those tests. And especially for me, I always wanted to be a teacher when I was little, so I loved giving little tests, but a lot of the kids love to do it too. So yeah. I think if you can get them to do that and you can take the test, even better. Yep. Think in the mindset of the person who's assessing you. Mm -hmm. So those are our tips, our suggestions, the why and the how of studying for math. I love working on math with students. I think the reason I probably love it so much stuff is because it's very concrete. It is. It's very clear when they get it and when it's all clicked for them. It's surprising because most of my clients, I now work on math, and I never would have thought that I would have been doing so much math. I'm feeling jelly about it. That I'm doing so much math? Listen, if you have a kid who <laughs> who needs math support, hit me up. Oh, yeah, It's for sure. literally my favorite thing to do, and hopefully I'll have time in my calendar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> All right, smarties. All right. Have a great week. Have a great week. <laughs>